G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, my name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays, who's fresh into a grand final off a prelim <sighs> win. How you going, mate? Mate, feels good. Need redemption in a, in a home league grand final. I've just... Don't know if this is going to be the year, but I'm in there. I'm a chance. When's the uh, When's the last time you've made a grand final in the home league? Um, a few years ago, I yeah. think it was maybe two or three years ago. And you lost to lost convincingly. Lost to Tim Scrote, yeah, our, our, our mate. Who I think won. it didn't even go to Sunday. That's how bad, but like, that's how big the blowout was. Yeah. So we have a Sunday. Usually get together at the. Uh, where did you get together? The did you go to the Welly. The Welly. That's right. I haven't been there in a few years. Obviously, I haven't been in a grand final for a while. But uh, that's a fact. What's that? That's a fact. You haven't been in the grand final for a long time. Well, you just, you are, you, since 2018, three years. You, you're in it and you win it and then you just don't bother. Yeah, you're, well, you're either super hot or you're super cold. Pretty much. There's, no, there's no lukewarm half. That's how my league, uh, my team goes. Uh, I don't know. I think even like last year I went well, I was still kind of lingering from the 2018 grand final win where I still had just a few older players that were going okay and they're all starting to drop off now and that's where my team's at. But uh, yeah, look, it's fine. I had a, I had a actually a grand final win in the, in my dynasty league. So Very nice. that was good fun. I got up by almost uh, 400 points in the end. It's, uh, not, it's a non-event. Well, yeah, it was a bit funny because the guy had had Liam Baker and Isaac coming on the Friday night and I had Whitfield and Whitfield got 80 mm-hmm. and then Baker got 100 and uh, coming got, I think, 97. So mm-hmm. I was like, here we go. This is like going to be one of those weekends mm-hmm. where all my stars do shit and all his kind of lesser players do well. Yep. But from there, it was just game on and everyone everyone else on my team basically stood. I had Lions captain with 139. So, yeah, that was pretty handy. In our prelim, uh, it was pretty tight. It was, it was always going to be tight because um, we didn't have – we probably only got a few bench options to even choose and it was, you know, no, no loopholes this week. That was the rule. And the thing that scared the absolute – living shit out of me was that um, Mark Murphy in his retirement game was only projected by Alderman Footy to get 29 points. Yeah. And when you're looking at the projections after- That's probably because they factored him coming on the sub. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's not really their fault because yeah. historically were, this year, he's probably correct. averaging 29 points. Yeah. But the fact is that retirement game, they basically had no one in the midfield. Cripps was laid out. You always get the uh, retirement game bump. Mark Murphy pulled out at 92 and yeah. the projections shrunk and I was really worried because uh, he's got Christian Petrarca as captain who um, yeah, was playing the Crows the next game, the next day, sorry. And I was like, oh, this could go horribly wrong, all thanks to Mark Murphy. But uh, what all worked out at the end, Rory Sloan basically yeah. uh, was the heart and soul Had of my 60s team. like the last two weeks in a row and then doubles it this week. Correct. 120 from him, Keys and Salem at 114 and uh, just really dented um, dented my opposition coach, Pugs, any chance of the win. So I'm happy to be back in the grand final. Yeah, no, it's, I'm good. i got a feeling you're going to win it, which is bad because I don't want you to win it because I, I don't want you to be on the level playing field with me. I still <laughs> want to be one ahead. But uh, i got a feeling you're going to you're gonna do it this week. I'll send a screenshot of the teams out on Friday when the, the kind of the teams are locked in. The favourites uh, favorites team is bloody strong. Yeah. But i just got a feeling that he's going to fall over and you're going to run through. You just got to get, you know, fantasy football. Just get to the grand final. It's a 50-50, Bit of luck 50-50 goes away. chance. Yeah. Oh, I've seen some terrible teams win. Mm-hmm. I've seen some good teams uh, dominate too at the same time. But yeah, yeah, you never know. You never know. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to the show. Um, oh, if you see our survey on the socials, I'll probably tweet it out again uh, and another few times uh, this week. Um, there's a survey going around that we'd love any of our listeners to complete. We want to get, I want to get about 180 people doing it just so we can get a kind of pretty accurate survey sample. You're the marketer here, Case. I think it kind of works out about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think we've got about 100 done it so far. So, if we can get another 80, that would be awesome. super, super good uh, just so we can get a 
a bit more accurate idea of what people are thinking and what they want of us, essentially. But, uh, yeah, so if you could do that, that'd be cool. Also, what's cool right now is our Remedy Kombuchas. Um, mine's actually frozen. Yeah, it's so frozen cold. that I can't drink out of it. It's frozen over the top, so I have to wait for it to melt a little bit. I put them in the freezer about 6 o'clock. It's now 8 o'clock, so two hours is probably a bit too much. But, uh, you know, still perfecting the, the perfect uh, the It's going to be perfect because it will last the whole length of the show. Yeah, I can't drink it too quick, actually. It'd probably be done by now if I, uh, it's if true. I could drink it. So, if you should on to his third by the time we start the round. Where you want. Actually uh, pacing myself for a change. But yeah, if you want to get your hands on some Remedy Kombucha so you can put it in the freezer, uh, head to remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop. Use the coupon KEEPER20 and uh, you can score yourself some Remedy Kombucha, 20% off Remedy Kombucha that is, and free delivery on top of that too. So get on board that. Um, speaking of uh, getting on board things, uh, Zambrero are getting on board the podcast and looking after listeners, giving away two free burritos each week. The winner this week is... Uh, Toby from Adelaide, SA. Now, Case, uh, tell me where Adelaide is, mate. Uh, the city is probably defined by yeah. um, three, four, sorry, four terraces. Okay. East, east, south, northwest. How original, but yeah. I don't know. But yeah. uh, sorry, my Toby could be bad. anywhere in the whole greater Adelaide region. Yeah, no. Nah. Is, is he 5001? I, I know his address. He's definitely 5,000, 5,001. Wow. Nice, Toby. Yeah, must be a, a bit of a city slicker. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like living in the city. Kind of some parts would be cool, some parts would have bad. its perks, but it will also have its downfalls yeah. at times. Anyway, Congrats. Is that the last voucher we're giving this out? This is the last two vouchers we're giving away. So, cool. yes, uh, that's we we would give one away next week, but we have actually out of them. They only gave us enough for, you know, this many. So, yeah, that's the end of the competition. So, thank you for everyone uh, for entering this year and, uh, yeah, just building a bit of uh, awareness of the of the product and the brand and stuff like that. Casey, whipping out your phone like you've got something to say. Yeah, well, big ups to uh, Carla, who was last week's winner, I think. Yeah, she actually sent uh, out a tweet. She sent a nice she? tweet through um, thanking us and pretty stoked that Doc has got the win on the weekend and some Zambaros to go down. What so, a weekend. What a week. Good. How yes. good. Look, uh, you know, you just be strutting around town, yep. uh, you know, down Frio Way, just mm-hmm. going to Zambies, wearing your Frio scarf, just loving life. Be great. Anyways, that could be you this week, <laughs> so, Toby. So, uh, yeah, congratulations on uh, winning the competition. All right, into the round rewind, the segment where we recap all of the weekend's games and try to find you some fantasy-relevant players to talk about uh, within the show. So let's get stuck into it. GWS Giants versus Richmond on the Friday night. Um, As per usual, GWS, there was no one that isn't 2G4P to actually talk about. They need to get some spuds that can actually score okay because it's just their guns that score well from each week. Mm -hmm. But on to the Tigers, who had a pretty dismal performance as a team. There were a few players that stood out. So talked about him... uh, uh, earlier in the show, but Liam Baker had 108 points and he started up forward and kicked two goals. I think he only had like three touches at half time, but then he moved on to the halfback flank in the second half and this was just good for his scoring output. Um, could be uh, good depending on what role he locks down next season. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up playing, but he's got the makings of a good fantasy player. It just, yeah, he's role dependent. That's all, whether it's forward or back, that's the issue. Was Jaden Short still dominating then? Yes, he was. Hmm. So he's, I think Short had 110 so as well. they can both do it at the same time. Yeah, that's well, that's very unrichmond. Julian Short both could really mm. for this season anyway when they were playing. Uh, but anyway, Trent Cotchin had 102 points and you know it was just a good score for him but he doesn't do it enough for my liking and he's only averaging 75 this year and he's in his early 30s now, isn't he? 32, mm-hmm. isn't he? Around that. So um, yeah, it's just not for me at the moment. Now Jack Graham had 75 points <sighs> and the interesting thing was he maintained the CBAs that he had last week but his scoring decreased. So this is bad news for owners because I think a few people or a few listeners especially were thinking that he might get forward status because he was starting outside 
side of the centre square and uh, starting up forward at each of the centre bounces. But uh, yeah, he's back in the midfield um, at the moment. But the thing is, like, he did take a couple marks up forward inside 50 and had a couple shots at goals too. And so I think he must still rotate up there. So there's a sneaky chance, but I don't know. What he's just resting on his laurels because, you know, I apologised to him last week after saying he's a horrible fantasy option. <laughs> he scored 140 and he's come back out and scored a 75. What are you doing, Jack? Just this is why he's so frustrating to own. Just wanted to appease you for one week, you know, just to earn that respect back. Do you reckon he could ever be a legitimate fantasy option? Like, a, you know, I'm going to play him every week and not worry that he's going to bust out a 60. Uh, depends. Like, yes, but you'd probably need Richmond's game plan to change and mm-hmm. you'd probably need Dusty and Koch to retire. Mm. Which um, you know might happen. Who knows? Might. But uh, yeah, probably not uh, in the next uh, year or so. Um, moving on to Hawthorne versus Western Bulldogs down uh, at Utah's Stadium. Listen to the first half of this one on the radio, and then I jumped in my car, drove to Adelaide Oval, and uh, sat in my seat real early and watched the second half of the game from a seat. Did I don't actually mind. I don't mind doing that. To be How honest. many beers did you have at that time? I only had one beer for the whole day. Well, yeah. Well, I had a few, it was my birthday on Thursday, so I had a few beers on uh, Thursday. So you were drying out a bit. I was, yeah, I was cooked Friday and I was still recovering. I didn't even have that many, but I'm just getting to that age where if you have more than eight standard drinks. <laughs> the issue is you drink like three standard drink schooners. I was, I was thinking just then four bars, four beers, sorry, but they were two standards each. So, yeah, that's like eight, <laughs> eight standards. So, maybe I did have a few. Yeah. But anyway, I was still recovering from that on uh, Thursday. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Saturday I only had one beer. And I wasn't even going to drink it. It's just there was an extra one and someone gave me one. So, but anyway, I love those kind of beers. Good mates. Um, Hawthorne versus Western Bulldogs. So, Daniel Howe had the game of his career. I think we've already 2G'd him this year, but wow, 139 points was everywhere. I think he just deserves a mention on the podcast for being a, uh, a player that we've talked about. There was a tweet that we were mentioning. Well, I was mentioned. I'm pretty sure you were too. Yeah. One of our listeners. Fantasy Factory guys. Yeah, yeah. saying that you got to get on Daniel Howe next year. I'm not so sure. Like, there was a lot of people out of that side, like a lot of people. We know Daniel Howe can score. I'm not saying he can't score, but if you add in, I don't know, Warple, O'Meara, Day, Scrim, uh, not Scrimshaw, Day, Jyth, you know, uh, Impey. There's a lot of guys who are taking points off someone like Daniel Howe. He should be drafted in most in draft leagues and keeper leagues especially. But the thing is, like, he was going to be anyway after this season. So mm. I don't think this, like- But is he a keeper? Game. Nah, probably not. No, not in our league. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he would be in our league. You reckon? But close, like, yeah, he'd be like your 14th, I reckon, around that kind of range. The mm. way he's performed this year. I know you've got a few coming back, but if, if you're drafting a team, he's going to be picked up anyway because he's he'll be good bench cover at the worst. But I think he'll definitely be like your, your D4, D5 range easy. But is he going to be a 140 scorer? No, nah, not, not regularly. But no. what do you reckon he would be? What's his? He'd be an 80 average. He could be an 80 average. He could I be. I reckon, yeah. Was he an 80 average this year? Pretty sure he was close. I don't, I don't like hate. I don't hate him, but I just don't know if you can get to. He's averaging seventy eight this season, so yeah, get to, he's twenty five. Yeah, there's a few guys to come back into that side. What's his best score apart? He's had one hundred. He's at one hundred eleven this year. A lot of fifties and sixties is eighties. Anyway, I don't know. He's two G anyway, so let's stop talking about him. Uh, John Newcomb, the, the Duke, Duke Newcomb, uh, one hundred eleven points, and he was. In for Warple, really. Um, and then Yago Mira went out of the side as well. But the kid is an absolute tackling machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 18 touches and 11 tackles. So that kind of goes to show the ratio from you know possessions to tackles. He needed eight marks too. So he was used through the corridor. When uh, Hawthorne were attacking, they kind of just dinked it over through those midfielders and kind of re- were really bold in the way they attacked. So he was a beneficiary of this. Just not sure how he goes in a full strength uh, Hawthorne midfield, that's all. But he's worth owning and stashing for the future, I reckon. Because, uh, yeah, if he can produce scores like that, he's worth looking at. 
we touched on it on the uh, members only little um, waiver wire pod, but you said that he was a Sam Mitchell favorite too. Yeah, well, he was like so. Sam Mitchell coached him in the VFL mm-hmm. this year, and he was basically the reason why he got. Uh, listed in the AFL because, uh, yeah, he was performing so well at that level. And now Sam Mitchell looks like he'll be the coach next year. So he could be, uh, you know, one of the first pick next year. I like that kind of thinking. thinking. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to see. Um, I don't Either that or it's, you know, they just thought he was worth a look and he's got a bit of a run now. But I don't know if he's in the top echelon of their midfielders. Obviously not. But, mm. uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, Mitch Lewis had 104 points. And I said this other week, he's just got the makings of a reliable key forward. So I don't think Mitch Lewis is going to be a huge fantasy scorer over his career, but I reckon he could be a handy 70 to 75 average forward um, as, a, as a taller forward. He will pop up with a few games where he takes bulk marks. Like So on the weekend, he took 10 marks and he does have a really good set of hands. So he's definitely capable of clunking a few. Um, could score you some points in the future, I think. So just one to grab and stash for a couple of years because like I said, I think he could be a 70 average forward. Um, you know, going on to the future. Uh, Tim O'Brien had 102 points and he's been playing in defence recently and he had 80 points last week as well. So, you know, this week he's playing on Lewis Young, so it probably wasn't the best opponent, but he took 10 grabs in defence and uh, had 15 kicks coming out of there too. So, yeah, with Tim O'Brien, I think it's just, I don't know, I'm not getting too excited just yet because he's only really had the two games I think it is in defence, or the last two games anyway. Uh, I'm just interested to see what happens next to see if he continues. Um, I'm not sure it will, but yeah, it's just an interesting one. I thought with a role change and seen a bit of a spike in his scoring, um, something you've definitely got to look at. Uh, Jonathan Segler, the big segs, had 97 points, um, averaging 86 in uh, sorry 86 in the second half of the year. So he's worth grabbing off the waivers if he's available for your uh, grand final. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he'd be selected as a handcuff to Ben McAvoy owners everywhere, but I'm not sure what his ownership percentage is. But yeah, he comes up against Richmond this week, who absolutely leaked points to Rux. Um, Rux averaged 89 against Richmond this year. So I think he's going to be in for another big score. I think he's in for at least an 80 plus there. And if you can kind of get him on your field, I actually had him on the field. Um, this is this is what happened in my league. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had Ben McAvoy rucking for me all year. And then because Segler came in two weeks ago, I had the prelim buy type thing. Mm-hmm. Um but then I had Brody Smith, who got injured um, and so got concussed. So I had to replace him. And effectively, I got to replace Brody Smith with Jonathan Segler because I could put McAvoy into the back line mm-hmm. and then Segler into the ruck. So that was really handy because I think McAvoy got 74 as well, which is probably only six less than what Brody Smith probably scored. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty handy to have. So if you can get someone like Segler and get him on your field, or if you play utilities as well, mm-hmm. like we do, um, yep. pretty handy one to have in there. Uh, Lockie Bramble had 83 points and. I don't know. He's, we haven't done 2G4P for Bramble, have you? I don't think so, not yet. He's got to be though, doesn't he? Like he's just a young gun who's just <coughs> scoring 80s each week. I think he's 20, 23, is he? Yeah, because yeah. he was a mid-season pickup as yeah. well, wasn't he? Yeah. What My issue with someone like Bramble, I, I, I'm super keen on drafting someone like him next year, but you know, I've said it with Daniel Howe at the start of the show, Like, where do you kind of see someone like Bramble when everyone's back? What I like about him is because he can kind of push up to the wing if needed, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he's be a pretty handy player. Just the way he moves, the way he uses the ball, I think he's going to be handy wherever they play him. So I don't mind him as much. You know, I worry if someone more like Daniel Howe, who's yeah. going to have your, your impies, your day, or Dave's been playing on the wing. Um, I don't know who else is out there. There's a, there's a, there's a raft of Sicily. Sicily, that's the one. Jarth. Um, yeah. Anyway, and Jarth, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't mind him as much because he can kind of play um, a variety of roles. He can go forward a little bit as well, but I don't think his fantasy scoring is as good there, that's all. Anyway, let's move on to Geelong versus St. Kilda. I was watching this one because um, I was looking at my chops because I was like, top two for Port Adelaide if Geelong lose. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the 30 points down when I uh, looked at it. But then, um, yeah, they came back. And they then, steadied the ship. Yeah. 
Look, they were another team where they're kind of dominated by the – sorry, another game that was dominated by two G4P players. But guys that we – obviously, two G4P. I'm oh, sorry, talk just about. to go back again. Mm. No one from Western Bulldogs was worth talking about that wasn't two G4P. It's been one of those weeks. Yeah. But uh, look, Sean Higgins had 112. Joel Seward had 99. Isaac Smith had 93. So, the Cats really relied on those old fossils to get it done on Saturday. The first two, so Higgins and thirty and Selwood are thirty four next year, and Smith is thirty three. So as a fantasy, as a keeper league owner, what are you doing with all three of them, or one? You know, would you keep them? You well, know, this like hits close to home, really, because mm. I traded Isaac Smith out a few weeks ago, and I the only offer I really got because I offered him to you, I offered you a top forward five forward. For Matt Rao. Yes. You, you rejected that one. It's worked out a treat. Fair enough. What's no, Rao it hasn't gonna, really. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but you might be right. You still might win. You still made the grand final. So, who knows? But uh, the only offer I really got back was um, Trent Dumont for mm. Isaac Smith. And I took it because I figured Isaac Smith probably won't have forward status next year. So, he's not as valuable as a mid. I think Trent Dumont is, in his, what, 27 as opposed yeah, to being 31. I think like Isaac Smith is. 32. 32. Yep. Well, there you go. So, again, six years of a player who'll probably average around the same over the next, you know, around the 80 to 90 mark over the next few years. So, I actually took it. Um, so, I reckon he's, it's almost at a stage like – and someone like Sean Higgins has probably got a bit of value because he's got forward status uh, this year. Um, so, you're holding guys like these – in the bid to trade them next year, is that your game plan, or are you no, delisting them and oh. then you're drafting them? You can't. You're not gonna. You, you can't trade them now because your trade deadline's over. But what you should have done is weeks ago try to trade these to any kind of contenders or people that are making finals. Especially but for next year. So if you have all three yeah. of these guys, in, are you keeping any of these three guys? I'm in keeping your them because, like, if you've got a player like this, you're not going to have many that score better than these guys. I don't think. Like, you're not going to be able to throw these guys away and replace them with good scorers. So you're going to have to keep them and just kind of hope they can kind of either regain some sort of status next year, mm. which is possible because they're getting on, mm. um, or just keep them as like your last picked midfields type things. But I think they're too good to throw away and obviously it's too late to trade mm. and they're going to be less valuable when they get different statuses yeah. like midfields, mid-only status. I think maybe Higgins and Smith you can make cases for if they keep the forward status. Selwood's yeah. a tough one because there, there, there should be enough good yeah. midfielders in the in your in your squad. Yeah. Uh, on to some of the younger cats. It was good to see them play well. Sam Simpson has 67. Um, at times, I think he's a bit slow, but what I do like about him is he uses the ball pretty well. Had a, a good period last year. I remember he busted out that massive 100 maybe on the boo even last he had, year. He had, I think, a good game. A good game. <laughs> From memory. But he played, he, he strung a few games together. Whereas I think he this had year, good game, two shit games, one reasonable game, and then just shit after that. But this year he's only played two games and one of them was on the weekend. Kicked one goal, one, had 18 touches. Only came from 66% time on ground. So, look, he's 23 years old and potentially one to look at for next year. I don't know what with the, you know, if if Geelong are ever going to have a succession plan, but uh, he seems to be one who could be around the mark for a game there. And uh, Max Holmes is the other one. He had 62 from only 60% time on ground. Uh, 17 touches and three tackles from him. He was uh, pick 20 in last year's draft, their highest pick. So, they've obviously got some... Um, a uh, an opinion of him. He's played his five games this year. So I think if you, you know, you're looking for some next gen midfielders at the Cats, um, I think Simpson and Holmes are the ones you can have a look at. Uh, onto the Saints, no one really of note to speak of that's um, not 2G4P, but Dan Hanabry had 54 points. And to be honest, I didn't know what to expect from him in this game. He could have um, had 30 touches or he could have come on in the first 12 minutes and done his hamstring. So, um, managed to last the game out. Only did play the 59% time on ground though. So, um, when you kind of uh, extrapolate that data, his 54 points is not too bad at all. Uh, Ended up with 18 touches and four clearances, which is a nice return from him. And look, 
I don't think you can keep him off your in, off his in injury history, but um, worth a look next year midway through a draft. I think um, always some value in taking some some older guys because, as you know, as you're talking about before, Heffy, if you have a couple of those older guys in your list, you kind of have some kind of um, trade bait for some potential uh, flag hunting teams. Yeah, I'm just looking up his age. He's 30 years old, which isn't super old. He's got another year or two in him for sure, if he can kind of remain fit and play some games. But uh, yeah. He's definitely got potential to score well, that's for sure. Now, onto the Port Carlton game, Hef. How, yep. uh, when did you, when could you relax? Oh, I was going to, yeah, I was actually just thinking then I was going to mention, I was just disgusted at like quarter time. I was like, <laughs> this is the most horrible performance. Like, especially, but the thing is like, because like you saw. Um, Had you already started writing this Sat Ken banner? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wrote it before it got there, though. Uh, <laughs> ready to hold up. Just started to unroll it. Oh, to be honest, like it doesn't surprise me when we play this. Like, if you watch Port Closer, we like quite often just play like one fifteen-minute patch of footy that's good enough to win you a game of footy. Like if you watch the showdown the week before, like mm-hmm. Crows are on top of us the mm-hmm. whole game, and then it's just like finish off. So I thought this might even be the same, but then you saw like. Um, just before we watched this, the Western Bulldogs went down, Geelong losing. So it's like a great opportunity to just kind of get one up on those teams um, and just win an easy game of football. And then we're just struggling at quarter time. But halfway through the second quarter, we got on top. So, and didn't look back from there. Um, but yeah, it turned into a pretty enjoyable day. I went, uh, went to the footy with my mate uh, Hammer, and uh, he's a Carlton <laughs> supporter. So that was um, good fun to sit next to him. I think he bailed halfway through the last quarter. <laughs> it was bailed? Like, yeah. Uh, it's a long story, story time, like long story, but long time ago. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It would have been like 2008, 2009. Fev, uh, Port winning all game and then Fev just went bunter in the last quarter and ended Port and I just stormed out and left. I was so pissed off. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he never let me like live it down from there. But this week he stormed out at halfway through the last quarter. So, yeah. In Murph's last game. Come on, Hammer, you're better than that, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Champion of the champion of the game. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, let's talk about some players. Peter Adams case, 110 points. So he Keeper got dropped- of the year. What's that? Keeper of the year. Well, yeah, now it's turning into one. So he got dropped in round four and he was averaging 47 at that point. Since coming back, Laddams has, uh, that was round nine, Laddams is averaging 85 from that point. And he's just got a much healthier split between ruck and forward now. So earlier on in the year, he's kind of stuck up forward a bit more. And doing, we're doing weird things like playing Dixon in the ruck ahead of him, you know, things like that. But he's gaining more confidence as well. So he's taking some big grabs on the weekend as well. I think... Playing four tools, though, will be the death of Port Adelaide come finals. So, I don't think how long this lasts or I don't know. still don't know who – because Marshall was good on the weekend as well. So, mm. And you're not dropping Dixon. So, But you only played Carlton, let's be honest. Exactly, that too. So, it was a big game. But, like, it was good for his fantasy scoring, that's for sure. So, I don't know. If you do play four tools – I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know whether he's- But you're going to. Yeah. Well, I think so. That's the way. I think it's going to be the death of us. Like I said, I think the other teams are going to just kind of run away from us as a result, but it's going to be interesting. But hopefully he can put up some good fantasy scores and he played enough on the weekend up forward to keep that forward status. So that should be pretty interesting for next year. Uh, at the moment, Kays, I did my, had a look at my team this week and mm-hmm. looked at potential keepers. He's in the he's in the conversation. Oh, dear. In the conversation oh, for keepers. Dear. Well, he's in my handcuff too, which is super handy. Anyway, uh, Aaliyah Aaliyah had 94 points and he just backed up last week, but playing on Charlie Kerner, who still looked underdone. I think for Aaliyah, he's more of just the streamer option, uh, week-to-week proposition. Um, I wouldn't want to rely on him each week, but he's good to own just to stream. That's all. Uh, Miles Bergman, 92 points. Uh, he had an absolute ripper game. So he just played on the wing all day. So we've seen him in a variety of roles this year, uh, mainly across halfback and wing, little stint up forward, I think, in one or two games. But he's a gun. Um, I 
hopefully he holds on to his DPP status. Hopefully he's done enough. I think he'll get um, back mid status this uh, mm-hmm. next season, um, which is probably for me. He own him. Like I've got enough defenders. I'd want that forward status, but he's barely been playing there, so he's not going to hold it. No. But Bergman is just showing good signs that he can actually score well as a fantasy player, and um, yeah, exceeded expectations for me. I think, and definitely for you, definitely I think as well. Um, Connor Rosie had eighty six points. Um, people were off him last week, um, but he kind of was playing a genuine mid, uh, mid-forward role this week. Well, I think he had four centre bounces in the end, so it's not bad for him. Um, but I think there was a bit of discussion in the gold members group saying what was your opinion on him. And I was kind of called out for saying that he'll be a gun and he'll break out. Now, like, don't get caught up in the cane corns. Um, probably Roy on Twitter as well, the Sam Walsh versus uh, Rosie. I don't think he's going to get to uh, a Sam Walsh kind of level because I think he'll be playing too much forward um, eventually. But I think he'll have a kind of healthy split between mid-forward, kind of like a Robbie Gray mm-hmm. type thing does. So I think what's going to be handy is that he'll keep forward status for a few years to come at least as well. So um, maybe permanently. I don't know. I think I can see him being... Like someone like Chad Wingard a couple of years ago. I know he's had four status every year, but by his, the end of his time at Port Adelaide, he was just playing like, you know, 70% midfield time for us type thing. Mm-hmm. Just because he was, we were rubbish and he was probably one of our better users of the ball. So, yeah, I don't know if I see something like that happening. But like I said, Wingard never lost forward status anyway. So I don't think it really matters. So I think he'll be a mid forward um, for most of his career and he'll score pretty well as a result. So, yeah, I think it'll be fine. I reckon he'll be like an 80 average forward um, in the next two years. I reckon he'll get to that point. And then from there, I think he could be anywhere between a 90 and 100 average forward um, from that point at some stage in his career. But we'll wait and see. Now I've said that, he'll probably, you know, turn into nothing. Crush and burn. Exactly. Um Mark Murphy had 92 points, just a tip of the cap. No point talking about him now because he really has no value in the keeper world. But uh, what on your, your 300th game? Uh, Levi Casbold. Most importantly, oh, sorry. proving the retirement game is true. Yeah, look out for Zach Smith this weekend. It's going to be huge. Zach Smith might get 50. Yeah. Eddie Betts will probably get 60, 70. Who are Colton playing? Um, are they playing- GWS? No. Yeah, it could be. I can't actually remember. I've got I it saw, written somewhere down I've the got bottom. The, but like Eddie will surely kick five. Hmm. Now nah, here we go. Okay. Um, I don't know. Who, getting, is there I'm any getting other the roster up. Yeah, they've just named the um, lineup. Is Currently any, playing GWS yeah. Saturday night. Is there any other um, retirees this week? There's a few, isn't there? Chris Main, he'll go big. Chris Main's going to go huge. Yeah. Is there, I think, is there, I think there's Zach a Smith. No one else is really retiring. No, nah, maybe not. Not anyone that's going to get a game. Yeah, exactly. Or that hasn't retired already. Well, I'd love Tom Rockliffe to play one last game, but he's done, unfortunately. He's cactus. <laughs> All right, so under Mark Murphy. Oh, yeah, sorry. I said no, there's no point talking about him going forward. Levi Casbolt is who we're up to. Um, he had 80 points, but it's just such a meh from, I don't know, Levi Casbolt. He's just a subtle tip of the cap. Like, we're on your 80 points. You've got to kick He straight. does it every now and then. Yeah, exactly. And um, they just have a few, um, I guess, target. Well, they had, they had another target out. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Mackay is out. Mackay well. out. Yep. So kind of stepped into that, um, stepped into that uh, role there, and it was kind of become a vocal point, a focal point there for him. But anyway, um, Zach Smith, uh, Zach Smith, can I get Zach Smith on the brain? <laughs> Zach Fisher. Um, so he spent a fair bit of time in the guts. Uh, he had uh, eighty points, and I think this could be a sign of uh, things to come next year. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but it's going to be interesting. Keep him then. Oh no, I think it can't get that far. Okay. But the thing is with Zach Fisher, it's just like. 
I think we'd know for sure what he'd be like if he could remain fit for an entire season. Mm. So I think last week, last year he played five games and this year he's played six or something like that. Mm. He just keeps getting injured. So you don't really know what he can do, but then you see him come out in like a preseason game and absolutely blitz it. Mm. He'll have a few games like where he doesn't go that well, but it's usually because he's a stuck up forward. Then he'll get, I think he had, I think he had a huge number of CBAs this week. I should, probably should have checked it up, but yeah, it seemed like it was a big bump this week and you know, he scores an 80 points. So this is a forward that could be pretty handy as well. Cause I don't have a lot of forwards, but not moment. a keeper. Mm, not quite. So risky. Um, I, wish I, I wish our list were a little bit deeper because then someone I'll probably look at. Um, Tom DeKoenig had 78 points and he's just loving the number one ruck roll. Uh, we said this would happen by the year's end but, and it kind of happened through injuries but I think uh, it's going to continue for Tom DeKoenig and owners are going to be pretty excited for the future, I reckon. Anyways, guys, I've talked about the game enough. Let's move on to Brisbane versus Collingwood. Yes. Um, Charlie Cameron had 96 points, 12 touches and six goals straight. Now, look, when Charlie's on, he is... Is a genuine game breaker and can be a very good fantasy player. But look, uh, I know you've always hated him for this reason, Heffy. Just yo-yos too much. You just don't know when he's going to bob up. Oh, excuse me. I've owned him for like the last three years. You know, and you always bag him on the pod. I always get annoyed by him. But, yeah. uh, he's a yeah. frustrating guy to own. This year's been the most frustrating because usually yeah. you get a good loophole score out of him, but he's just been so bad for so long and now he's finally coming good now. It feels like his highs finish. haven't been as high this year yeah, either. Same, yeah. But if you look at his last five, what's he gone? 59, 80, 50, 98, 96. Obviously, there's three great scores in there, but two scores that can potentially be uh, very, very costly. So, yeah. Look, no issues taking him in a draft. You'd know what you're going to get from him. It's just, I think if fantasy loopholes continue to be a thing next year, he's a guy that you can draft with a little bit more confidence. But um, yeah, if it's kind of back to, to locking your teams on a Friday night, it makes it a bit tough. But look, they play the Eagles this week. Who knows whether he's going to kick a lot of goals or not. You just don't know. So that's the thing. You just can't back him in with too much confidence, but uh, can score on his day. Now, a guy who's had some fantastic form of late is Dan McStay. He had 93 points, and if you only took one thing away from Zanks's rabble of a notes last week, I hope it was to get some Dan McStay like in your life. I said on the Wavewire podcast, I've been talking about him for weeks now. Why are we giving Zanks credit? doesn't deserve it. Not Zanks, after last week. Zanks, I'll give you Dan McStay. <laughs> Um, but look, he's been a huge improver since Eric Hitwood's ACL. Um, he's gone 97, 101 and 93 in his last three. Look, I'm surprised. He's only 26. I thought he was kind of, you know, pushing closer to 30. So there's still plenty of good footy left in him. Uh, had 15 touches, seven marks and kicked three goals, one. So my kind of thinking with someone like him is the Lions are still in the flag window and he's kind of making them prove that they don't need to go out and get another ready-made forward next year you know like they've got Joe obviously Eric he was a great forward he probably won't be seen till mid to late next year yeah he could be one that they're just going no you've proven yourself we're going to give you that full forward spot that's that's what's going to happen I I think so you can draft him with a bit of confidence next year yeah for half a season that'll be useless come finals but like he's he's actually proving to be a better scorer um, than someone like Eric Hitwood or Joe Danaher because his his last kind of month has been exceptional um, yeah, and hasn't absolutely. seen those lows that we sometimes see with the, the key forwards. Yeah, a few cushy matchups in there. True. Yeah. yeah, so Eagles will be an interesting one this week with some good defenders they have. But Giving away the most fantasy points though out of ooh. any club in the last five weeks, I think it was. Hot yeah. tip. But the other yeah. one with McStay is, uh, as I said on the, the Waverwire pod, he's only 49% owned. So, look, if you need someone this week, I, I would seriously think about bringing him in for a uh, grand final berth. Uh, lastly, for the... 
uh, Lions. Oscar McInerney had 91 points, more than held his own against uh, Big Grundy on the weekend. Had 16 touches and 32 hitouts. Uh, for reference, Grundy only had a 72 uh, with 15 touches and 37 hitouts. So Big Omak did very well. He's uh, put together four scores in the 90s uh, on the trot. And look, he's proving to be a formidable um, fantasy ruckman. I've definitely been a doubter, and I still think that there are better, younger ruck draft options out there. You know, DeConnick, Draper, uh, English Jackson, for example. But look, he's proving to be um, a pretty solid ruckman um, that you can just kind of bank on. Um, and I know that it's probably more in a, um, a redraft league where, you know, you might let the good guys go early and, and kind of jump in and look for someone mid-round. He'd be someone you focus on, but um, look. He's been serviceable and um, you wouldn't be too upset if you were a McInerney owner. He would have gone pretty early in a lot of Keeper League drafts this year. Um, and I don't think you'd be super upset with it. To be honest, like if, you're, no. if you're drafting him, you're obviously in need of a ruck anyway. If he's the guy you're getting as a result, it's fine. You'd be happy yeah, with it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and for the Pies, it was a really dirty day for them. And Jamie Elliott's probably the only uh, pod relevant guy. He had 88 points. And 23 touches and was a very solid look. He's only averaged 70 this season and that's okay for an F4 to 5. But to be honest, he's 28, um, a guy who's always been a bit iffy with his body. Look, when he's fit, he's best bunny too for sure. But I think there's guys he can probably target who are a bit more safe and uh, with a bit more upside than someone like Jamie Elliott next year. All right, let's move on to North Melbourne versus Sydney Swans. Uh, first player for North Melbourne is LDU, Luke Davis-Uniac. Uh, had 88 points. He's just ever so consistent, averaging 82 in the midfield uh, this season as an inside mid. Uh, look, concerns over the ceiling, which I talk about all the time, but I like having guys like him in my team regardless. Just a guy that's going to get you between an 80 and a 90 each week and just round out your midfield. I like having them. And they're not super sexy names, but they're serviceable, that's for sure. Uh, Curtis Taylor had 78 points and he responded after last week's score I've been talking him up a bit lately and he did mm. disappoint me in that game but you know splitting time between the forward and the wing I think it's a little bit more forward this week but definitely has some potential he's a player I'm liking the look of at the moment so Curtis Taylor's my to stash away I think uh, Will Haywood had his best game I think I've seen him play I'm not really sure in terms of fantasy but mm. actually watching him play he was quite good he uh, kept popping up and taking marks and kicking goals had 115 points as a result he even took a grab deep in defence, actually. That was kind of impressive, too. He was just everywhere. Had 11 marks for the game. Uh, only gone over over 90 once this season. So, mm. and he was only averaging 63. So, it's probably a tip of the cap, but it was just a good game to watch him play. And, yeah, interesting to see how he went. He's a really frustrating player because he, like, he looks like a real player. Even than real he is. footy yeah. wise, like, you just go, man, you could absolutely dominate this game, but just yeah. doesn't seem to, yeah, make his presence felt as much as he could. Yeah, like, he does a few things that you think are really nice, but mm-hmm. he's just not doing them often enough. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, Georgie Hewitt had 91 points. He was back in the guts this week. And we've seen a few players rotate through the uh, midfield at Sydney. Uh, Papley last week went in there for a huge CBA bump. McInerney was the week before that. Um, but as a result, being back in there, um, Hewitt was the one who saw the bump this week um, in terms of fantasy scoring, that is. He's been a fantasy, um, handy, handy fantasy scorer this year as, uh, with back status anyway. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does next year. Um, if he somehow keeps DPP, he could be a good pickup in drafts. Um, he was in the back lines earlier in the season, but he's been in the midfield in the last bit. So he might be mid uh, only next season, but, you know, he might be an interesting one if he does kid uh, DPP next season. Um, Harry Cunningham had 102 points and he saw the biggest bump uh, with Jake Lloyd out. He took all the kickouts for Sydney um, and just played that sweeping halfback flank role and had 26 touches with 11 marks to go along with it. Um, just don't expect it when Lloyd is back on the side. Um, they said out of the two 
between Lloyd and Mills, Lloyd is more likely to come back in this week, but both could be back playing anyway. But by the sounds, it's like Lloyd, what I take out of that, Lloyd is pretty much coming back this week. So Please come yeah. back, Callum. <laughs> you need Mills for your grand final. I need you, Callum. Um, last for Sydney was uh, Hayden McLean. So he has 79 points and he was playing forward and doing a little bit of ruck work as well. And he was great to watch. He took some good marks and just did some courageous things around the ground. Mm. He had 10 marks for the game um, and 11 kicks. He also snagged a goal too. And he put up some reasonable scores late in 2019 in his first few games, playing a very similar role to this. Mm. Um, needs to prove himself, but it just interests me because when he plays that ruck forward role, he does it quite well and can put up some you know handy scores, you know some 70s, some 80s, that sort of stuff as well. So He's a fun player to watch. He's just a big unit. Yeah, just charges through, doesn't he? <laughs> so good. Anyway, let's move on to uh, Melbourne versus Adelaide game. Uh, welcome to the pod, Rory Sloan, 120 points. He was genuinely back to the Rory of old on Sunday. Uh, crazy. It was only his third ton of the year and his third ton since round eight. So it's been a long, long, long stretch of average games for Sloan owners, uh, me included. But good to see him still got it in him. Um, look, he's been battered and bruised, but he looked to cover the ground really well and I think keen to lead the side out of a crappy couple weeks. He had 25 touches and nine tackles. He's only been averaging uh, mid-80s this year. So, um, for me, he's not someone you can keep, almost in the same mould as a, a Selwood or a Cochin. Um, the best is past him. But, um, look, he's a guy that's not going to kill you drafting him. Yes, his ceiling's gone. But to be honest, his, his floor's been all right. He's been minimum 60, which is obviously not great for a midfield only. But, um, you know, he he can bring up games like this. So, Please give me one more this week, Sloan Dogger. <laughs> uh, Tommy Lynch, 99 points, and I'm really shocked that the Crows have delisted him. Still think he has plenty to offer that side, but look, regardless, he's surely going to get a, a contract somewhere next year, um, and I'll be picking him up if he goes into the draft because uh, he was great again on Sunday. Kicked one goal, had 29 touches, just plays that interceptor role beautifully, and I think he could really complement uh, a side close to a flag or, or even someone like, I don't know, GWS or um, um, Gold Coast or something, just give him a bit of um, bit of smart nous around that forward line. So, look, I think the better the club, uh, the better and more consistent his output will be next year. But definitely wouldn't um, talk you out of holding him, especially if he goes to a, I don't know, a potentially a, a flag favourite or a flag hopeful club. You get the impression that it's not even, not actually, his delisting is not really about his form or anything like that. It's just no. all about coin. Yeah. And they're just freeing up space to be big players in the uh, the trade market um, mm. over the next two, three years type of thing. Mm. So, yeah, if he does go somewhere, he could definitely put up some handy scores. And I was having a look through today, man, and like, Looking at my side, I reckon I've got maybe one f- player that I could guarantee is going to keep forward status yeah. after losing three like gun forwards the year prior. Mm. So, yeah, players like him are going to be super valuable. I'm sure there'll be players added and people that will kind of keep that you don't expect them to keep but mm. will somehow do it just because there needs to be some forwards. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's one that could actually put up some decent scores if he goes like, yeah, if he goes to, say, a Gold Coast, um, he'd be a good probably option for them, just a bit of a senior head, a yeah. bit of experience and can kind of still provide um, a bit on field as well. So, if he went somewhere like that, I'd definitely be interested. Uh, Darcy Fogarty had 83 points and he's a little frustrating because um, he just showed glimpses yesterday that he could be a really special player. We just don't see it enough. I just think he's got a little bit of young tomahawk about him. He's that big bustling, um, you know, forward on the lead. Doesn't really, he doesn't look like a super fit human, but obviously would have to be to be playing AFL, but um, just kicks a beautiful ball too. So, um we know guys like him, like Hawkins, uh, can be solid fantasy scorers, but they do need goals. So he kicked three goals, one on the weekend, and had 12 touches. Now, he's only 21, so there's still plenty of development time there. I know Crows fans are getting a little bit impatient with him, but look, 
He's someone I'd actually be keen to have a look at late in a draft next season. And I think the Crows probably would need to improve a hell of a lot before yeah. you can expect really good consistent scores. But if you're playing in deeper leagues where you can stash or, you know, you're starting up a, a dynasty league or something next year, he's someone I'd definitely have a look at because it might not be next year, but if the Crows can continue to build to something good in 2023, 2024, when he kind of hits his prime around that 24, 25, I reckon he could be a very handy fantasy player. I was thinking that the Crows are probably going to go backwards again next season. Mm. And that's you, you said exactly what I was thinking was um, that Crows need to be good for a player like him to be good. So Tomahawk probably wouldn't be as great in a, in a lesser mm. side as well. Agreed. So you're going to be waiting a few years, I reckon, with Fogarty. But he does show some potential if he can be that bustling full forward and kick a few goals in a good side. He could be a handy fantasy scorer, but you'll be waiting a while, I think. Yeah, maybe a year or two. Uh, Kieran Strawn played his second game on the weekend, 72 points, and he'd been playing some fantastic footy at Sandfield level. Um, as me and you have astute followers of the, the Sandfield. Oh, I love it. Never miss a game. Um, but he had, he was really good against Gorn. Uh, he had 11 touches and 24 hitouts. Uh, Gorn had 27 and Luke Jackson had 19. So obviously didn't dominate as such, but definitely held his own. And I think he'd be taking that for sure. And Rob is still firmly the number one ruck at the Crows and, and definitely a handcuff for owners. But I think it's nice that you can see someone like him come in, score a 70, um, knowing he's your, your backup ruck. So if worse comes to worse and Rob goes down for a few weeks, you know you've got someone who can come in and, and be a solid scorer, not like a 20, 20 kind of scorer. Um, Lucky Show at 72 and his big drop off this season um, – can kind of continue the last few weeks after his really hot start, but he looks to be back bigger and stronger uh, next year, I think. So he started as a sub, but uh, Elliot Himmelberg, Hammy didn't last too long in the game. Only played 64% time on ground, but did end up with 19 touches out on the wing. He's one who could slide next year, especially in um, redrafts or if you don't keep a hell of a lot of players. While he might lose that back status, even as a wingman, I think I'd be keen because he does look a bit Paul Seedsman-like and we've seen Seedsman play with some uh, ridiculously good confidence year, this year. And I think if Shoal can kind of harness a bit of that that confidence and swagger, I think he can be one who can be a very damaging wingman purely because he does use the ball pretty well and does run pretty hard. I just, well, yeah, I don't think he uses the ball that well. Like, I think that's why he finds himself out of the side is because he's a bit of a liability with his foot, foot skills. So, I think if he doesn't improve that, then I think he might struggle to be best 22. So I think he was 57% on the weekend. Um, and I don't think he's been great all year because I think that's the kind of basis for his dropping because he was putting up good fantasy scores, but he just wasn't playing, you know, wasn't actually playing real football that well. So I don't know. Um, I, I could be wrong. It's just when I saw him, he just seemed to be burning the ball a fair bit. So yeah, there's definitely potential in terms of fantasy. You just got to worry about being best 22 because I think Crows will actually want to play good users, but then, you know, they play Schoenberg and Keys each week. So who knows? Lel. <laughs> Bailey Fritch had 111. Um, for me, it was a pure tip of the cap game. Kicked seven goals um, and four goals were in the last quarter. So just junked up. Had 57 points in the last quarter. He was actually on negative three at quarter time. Possessionless and negative three. Oh, wow. So he scored 114 <laughs> yeah. in three through. quarters. Uh, look, he's averaged 60 this year. He's been up and down like a yo-yo. And I think there's guys in a similar kind of mould who are a bit more of a... Um, a bit more of a lock for a consistent score. So, well done, Bailey, but um, not for me. Trent Rivers had 86, and this is a game that a lot of Rivers coaches would have loved to see. He just floated across the halfback line beautifully, 16 touches and 10 marks, even to even managed to sneak a kick in off Christian Salem, which is a fair effort. Uh, he just oozes class and composure, and a guy I would love to have long-term. I think he just has all the 
fantasy attributes you want. Speaking of guys who have all the fantasy attributes you want, it's Luke Jackson. He had 84 points, and for me, there's no doubt he wins the rising star, and he's definitely the game's next best right one. Sorry, Tim English, I've pushed you aside. He's so good. Uh, two goals, 16 touches, three tackles, 19 hitouts, and just some of the stuff he does for a big guy is ridiculous. He's only in his second year, so um, he's hit a nice vein of form in the last few games, and he's building beautifully into his official third-year breakout season. Does he win the Rising Star or does this next guy steal a few votes off of him? James Jordan? Yeah. I'm not too sure. He's been incredibly – he's been very good. He's been – Quite um, in the second half of the season. Like real good early. Yeah. But, like, his, his fantasy numbers have dropped off. And I think, like, we've seen Melbourne probably slowly go back to full strength. You know, they had a few injuries yeah. earlier in the year when Jordan was kind of dominating. But if you're an owner of James Jordan, I think you'd be super wrapped with what he's delivered this year. Uh, he had 15 touches on the weekend. Um, look, he's been holding a lot of other guys out. You know, we haven't seen Nathan Jones at all this year, the ex-captain who could probably come in and play a similar role. Um, but he's yeah, doing all he can to hold his spot best 22 long-term. Now, it'd be interesting because do you keep someone like him who I think he's second or third-year player, yes. he's averaging 70 as yeah, a mid? you keep him. Is he is he one you'd be locking in long-term? Yeah, there won't be many keeper coaches out there that aren't holding on to him. You reckon? Yeah, I traded him for Dangerfield with Errol Golden. Wow. Yeah. You're bullish. Well, yeah, but it was like I won the flag in the end, so it was worth it. And Dangerfield scored 124 in that grand final for me. So, yeah, it's fine. Nice. Yeah. Uh, on to the Suns-Bombers game. Nick Hind, look, he's probably been 2G4P'd, but there's a lot of coaches I know who have lost the faith in the last few weeks with Hind, not even starting him in draft leagues. Probably coming down to the fact he's scoring a lot of 50s and 70s, but was his fifth ton for the year, 30 touches and a goal. Now, someone like him, uh, Jarman Imp is in the same boat, who came in with back forward DPP, which is probably one of the juiciest uh, DPPs you can have. He's going to lose that forward status, yeah, he's not gonna, no doubt. Yeah. So, um, there might be people who are a bit worried that they've majority been playing him as a forward this year because that was the, the easiest spot to slot him in. But I'd still be happy to keep him as a defender because... That run and drive and that kind of shotgun style that the Bombers play on the back line isn't going to stop. Like, that's definitely a he's rotten thing. He's their game plan. Yeah. So, he's going to get the ball in his hands a lot more over the next next few years. So, um, definitely don't do anything silly and, and keep Nick high, that's for sure. Uh, Mason Redman had 96 points. Uh, he's coming off a lean month, but the Red Dog was excellent across the back line. He had 30 touches, which is just unheard of him. Uh, sorry, unheard of from him. We also had 583 metres gain, which is the most of anyone on the field. Now, we're kind of low-key Mason Redmond fans, Hef. Uh, probably hasn't done enough to be a keeper, but nope. definitely one you could target next year in a draft because there is some upside for him. Yeah, well, I spoke about this about my dynasty league the other the couple weeks ago that we have to delist three and I'm struggling to find three. And he was probably close to being one of the three that I might have delisted, but mm. now I've got to find a spot for him as well. So I need more people to retire. That'd be easier. That would be. That, that just makes, I like it when there's no, yeah. you don't have to make a hard decision. It yeah. Just, it's Especially when you have to hands. make three list changes and you've got like a heaps of good young kids. Mm. It's like, it's hard to do, but yeah, like I'd Rockcliffe retire. So that's kind of handy. One. So yeah, I just need to find two more now. Yeah, uh, Sammy Durham had 78. Uh, the ball, that was his best game for the Dons. The mullet was just flowing nicely uh, on that game too. Kicked one goal, one and had 20 touches. I was um, super impressed with his dash. I think he just needs to tidy up his disposal quality, but um, a mid-season pickup for the Dons who might be worth having a, a sneaky look at next year because if he's found his way into their, their side come the point end of the season, um, definitely speaks a lot about his quality. And lastly, just... 
Archie Perkins had 44 points and was a real eye catcher in the first half, but dropped off the side of a cliff in the second. Actually scored negative two in the last oh, half. Shit. So um, yeah, his his first kind of quarter and bit was super impressive. Kicked the goal. Um, had 10 touches in the game but look young kids like him it happens um, just really impressed with what he can do when he's on uh, so just give him time I reckon in a couple of years he's going to be a really really exciting explosive midfielder who is going to win a lot of pill I think what happened was um, they got Durham and Perkins mixed up and they gave a few of them to Durham potentially so yeah. they should have they I kept doing that. I kept getting confused but like when, when I'm out there. So that was the issue, I think. So it actually wasn't a bad score. He actually scored 70. The mutt, so. So, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe one guy didn't even touch the ball and someone had 120. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, on to the last couple for the Sun. Sam Collins had 85, uh, 19 touches and 13 marks. For me, it's just a tip of the cap game for Colo. Um, Bombers definitely burnt the ball at times going forward and he just mopped that up. But his three 80-plus scores this year have all relied on 10-plus marks. So, um, he's one of those key defenders I can't get too excited about. Sorry, Sam. And Darcy McPherson had 71. He might have just done enough to keep his spot on a Suns list next season. Had 16 touches and four tackles. Look, I do like D-Mac. He always has a crack, but you just don't know where he sits on their uh, roster depth. So, they've got a few handy players out at the moment and a few guys haven't seen, you know, Elijah Holland. So, interesting to see where he kind of falls in the scheme of things. But, look, he's one who can score on his day. But uh, like a few of his mates, you do worry where they sit in the genuine best 22 stakes. All right, on to the last game of the round. Um, it was it was actually great to see Fremantle get up in a derby. I think it was the first one since 2015. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And like we've got – oh, well, I had a bit of an allegiance with Fremantle back in the day. I used to live with um, Michael Barlow's brother. So I used to go to quite a few – anytime Freo were playing in town, we'd go to watch the game and stuff like that and uh, catch up with him and the fam and stuff like that. So um, a bit of a soft spot for Fremantle, even though he did end up at Gold Coast. But um, yeah, it was just good to see them win. Nothing against West Coast or anything like that, but I just kind of have a bit of a soft spot for the old – Purple and white, that's all. But uh, talking about some of their players, uh, Hayden Young had uh, 86 points. Um, he'll get uh, 2G4P status uh, early next year, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, averaging 76 since coming back from injury. Plays a nice role off halfback. And uh, look, he only took one kick in um, because uh, who takes all their kick-ins? Um, for Fremantle Luke Ryan Luke Ryan does I'm, I'm drawing the most mental blanks uh, this the last year. official pot of the year oh, I've been doing it for the last four weeks I think I've just zonked I'm just uh, zoning it's out it's got pod fever yeah it's probably something like that he only took one kick because yeah, it's hard to get him off Ryan and I don't think he played on either in that kick in but I think he'll start taking more over time because he's a pretty good user of the ball and uh, yeah if he can uh, stay injury free I reckon he'll have a breakout season next year so look out for Hayden Young uh, Alex Witherden had 103 points and just enjoy this while Shannon Hearn is out. Uh, took most of the kick-ins for West Coast. Um, banged home a huge goal as well, which was pretty cool to see. But like, I, I just don't think he'll do it with Hearn on the side though, that's all. Mm. Uh, Jamie Cripps, uh, 92 points, was um, lively out forward and uh, hit the scoreboard uh, three times. So um, for three points, that is three behinds. <laughs> so, hey, yeah. he still hit the scoreboard three times. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm not sure how that's intended to be used. But anyway, uh, like, he would have gone big if he could kick straight. So his fantasy scoring days are just past him though, I think. I don't think the I had him like twenty eighteen where he averaged eighty and it was awesome to have him, but he just hasn't mm. looked like going anywhere near it since and he's getting on a bit now. So yeah, I don't think uh he's got it in him. Handy player for West Coast, but uh just not gonna be a fantasy player, I don't think. 
And Liam Ryan, last one for the round rewind, had uh, 81 points. And it's one of those games where you'd love to loophole him, but you can't because he's playing the last game on a Sunday, like usual. So yep. he's a perfect loophole, loophole option. The only issue is he plays, he West, plays Coast. West Coast. So every yeah. second week, or every you know, fourth week, he's playing on a Sunday Arvo and you can't do anything about it. So. But yeah, he just did his thing up forward, kicked three goals. And uh, yeah, absolute gun player. Just wish you could use him more often on field. That wraps up the round rewind. So, um, yeah, if you uh, appreciate the uh, work we do each week, we wrote 15 pages uh, for this podcast today, okay? So that's quite a bit of work. Um, but, yeah, if you appreciate the uh, the work and want to give back to the podcast and uh, help us out, um, you can sign up as a member. Um, if you do sign up as a member, you'll get access to all of our premium resources, including the uh, Breakout Tracker projections, um, stately fantasy scores lots of premium resources that will help you out in uh, both your draft classic and keeper all that sort of stuff and each week we read out some gold members so we're at the bottom of the list case um, do you want to read out the uh, last uh, five or so names there final five gold members a big thank you to Reese Gernon Matt Dodman Dan Letho Nate Brook and Dylan Dunlop Cool, some uh, familiar names there. Uh, Matt Dodman uh, gets on the chat on the DMs a bit. He's quite good to talk to. And Nate is a good mate of mine, so thank you, Nate, for signing up and supporting the podcast. Um, anyway, uh, if we missed, sorry, if we missed anyone, um, now this happens. Sometimes we just skip over one or two. So now we're saying we're at the end. Let us know if you think you've been missed out and we'll read you out next week on the podcast. So you got a week's warning. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, hopefully we've got to everyone. But yeah. If you're keen to sign up as a member, yeah, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au, click the membership button, or there will be a link in the description below. All right, uh, before we get into the projections, Kays is going to read out some state league numbers. Now, it's just Sandful and Waffle again this week. Doesn't look like we're going to see too much more VFL for the rest of the season. Unfortunately not, no. But, uh, yeah, shout out to our Victorian and New South Wales listeners who are currently in lockdown. Um, hopefully, you're travelling okay. But, uh, yeah, let's have a look at some of the uh, players that were able to play on the weekend in the state leagues. Yeah. Uh, James Rowe, didn't know he had it in him. He had 35 touches in the Sandful, 135 points. Brayden Ainsworth, 120 points for the Eagles. Sam Pelpapa had 30 touches and kicked the goal after being dropped from the port side and 119 points. James Borlace is an interesting one, um, kind of a young key position player. Had to step up and take the ruck duties for the Crows because there was no Rob, oh, yeah, of course. no um, Strawn. Strawn. He had 23 hitouts, which is a great effort, and 114 dreamies. Uh, Jared Leanett had 105. Chad Brand at 98. Josh Rotham, not sure he's not in the Eagles side, 94 points. Josh Worrell, 91. Joel Garner, 86. And Jake the Snake Waterman, 84 points. Back in the waffle, Jake Waterman. It's been there for a... Sad. He's in and out. Yeah. He's in and out. Oh, well. Don't know why. All right. Uh, our final projection picks of the year. I'm starting to tear up, guys. I'm a bit emotional, a bit sad about this one. But um, look, we'll get through all. Um, each week, we pick a captain, a loophole, a streamer, and a waiver wire. So the captain, uh, generally, we try not to pick any of the top 20 players. Kays, I think you've got a bit of a sentimental captain pick this week, don't you? Maybe. It's uh, Chris Main, the retirement game. Yeah, it has to be. He's in my team. I'm... You're going to put the C on him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you avoid giving it to Jack McRae or Jared Lyons and just give it to Chrissy Mayne? I'm no, not too sure. The two great options there. Man, I wish you were playing loopholes because I'd, you know, give one of those guys the V and uh, maybe just hover it over Chrissy Mayne. You would not give him the V in the grand final. 
I don't know. Yeah, would not. But I anyway. would not. I don't have the balls. But look, if Mark Murphy can get 92 points, surely the mainframe can get a 120 plus. Uh, he's had six tons this season and he's averaging 96 in his last five. If you need to pull a rabbit out of the hat, like Jai Simkin couldn't give me last week, maybe Chris Mayne could, could just give you something this week. I'm going to go with uh, Dyson Heffel. He averages 102 against Collingwood, uh, had 100 at the MCG and had 142 the last time we played them. How's the body? Was he all right in the weekend case? Yeah, he's a little bit. He went off in the first quarter yeah, with I a little bit of thumb, but seemed to play the game out. Didn't necessarily dominate, but um, yeah. hopefully I need him to play well this week. So. Yeah, well, again, good record against Collingwood, so hopefully uh, he can do that for you. Uh, who's your loophole this week? Um, Dane Rampey for me. I think with um, the outs, we're not obviously not sure with Lloyd and Mills, but uh, unfortunately Nick Blakey uh, broke his leg or, or something like that on the weekend. Yeah, fibula. Yeah, yeah so I just think with um, a few of those guys out, um, Gold Coast just have bad disposal efficiency too, so Dane Rampey can float around and... Um, Take a few marks, get a few cheeky plus sixes and uh, is one of the early games as well, so um, can work in your favour. I'm going to go with a bit of a controversial one, I guess, but my loophole is going to be Miles Bourbon because he was only starting in 55% of teams last week and he is averaging 80, th- uh, 80 from his last three, but I just have a remedy gut feel he's due for a down week. Love a remedy gut feel. Yeah, so like he just doesn't go big three weeks in a row type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just due for a downer up against a, uh, a tougher opposition in Western Bulldogs. Well, Previously tougher opposition, mm. they probably will bounce back this weekend because everyone bounced back against us. So, true. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's probably just due for a lesser score. So just loophole him just to be safe. I reckon. Who's your streamer case? Um, this is purely remedy gut, remedy kombucha gut feel as Wouldn't well. Wouldn't be a case call if it wasn't a remedy <coughs> correct. Gut feel. Correct. It's how I base most of my life on. Uh, Jesse Hogan. He's only sixty five percent started now. Hasn't been in the greatest of touch, but the Giants need to win to keep their finals chance alive. They're playing. Um, Carlton. Yeah, we just talked about that too. Yeah. <laughs> so they need to win. They need to win big. And Jesse Hogan can kick a bag. If he can kick a bag, he's got 100 waiting for him. Now, he does have to play on it. Jacob Weeding or uh, Lockie Jones, which is tough. But look, oh, Liam Jones. Liam Jones. Liam sorry. Jones is out at the moment. Is he? Well, well he, he was last week. Jacob Weeding then. Yeah. But uh, look, he's one who could get away and, and kick a few. I'm going to go with uh, Trent Cotchin because um, he's only started 69% of teams. So he just scrapes into the uh, the streamer category under 70% started. Um, but yeah, look, he averages 93 against Hawthorne and averages 89 at the MCG. And he's averaging 89 from his last five as well, which is pretty handy for Trent Cotchin. So I'm always tentative to start him, but he'll probably do you know good this week. So yeah, it's probably a good week to put him on the field. And last but not least, uh, what's your waiver case? I think if you're you know in a grand final this week and you just need someone who might be able to pull a rabbit out the hat, could be Dan Hanabry, uh, 47% owned, had that 54 from 59% time on ground last week. Look, we know back in the day he's a proven scorer, so look, worth a stab. They're playing free this week. He, he could get you an 80 or 90 and just be the difference in a, in the big dance. My waiver, I um, talked about it before. I'm just going to go with Mitch Lewis as a stash for the future. He's only 12% owned, and I think he can just be like a good 75 average forward one day in the future. So if you're in dynasty leagues and you can hold on to him for you know, a couple of years, I think he might be one that could be a reasonably handy scorer going forward. All right, uh, if you want more projections for this week, uh, wave wire picks. We don't do any more wave wire picks. That's the last for the season, but we'll do them next year. Um, and stately fantasy scores, we'll put all them up in the off season, including any finals games that go on. I don't think any South Australian teams are making finals, so no. they might be finishing up pretty soon. I don't know if we'll get much more waffle, but we might get a few more waffle 
uh, sorry, VFL, I'm not sure if we get a few more waffle scores. Have to check the ladder. But um, yeah, everything that will be up to help you select your um, draft teams for next year so you can get a bit of background info on them. We'll have it all up over the off-season. So yeah, sign up if you want more um, of those resources. Anyway, uh, Apple Reviews. Now, we've got one this week, but we need one more for next Come week. On. So can someone please just put up one more Apple Review <coughs> um, so we can you know successfully read one out for the for the last week That'd be nice. um, of the season, so we, every week. Um, so yeah, keep them coming in too if you've got the time because they uh, help us climb the charts. Um, Case, uh, I think you should read this one out because I think okay. this one's quite favourable of you. Oh, nice. Uh, this is from Luke Hiscock. My faves, XX. Definitely the best in the business when it comes to fantasy podcasts. Have been in a couple of keeper legs the last few years and listening to you two for the past year and a half has given me untapped knowledge that I didn't know existed. Thank you mostly to Case. Uh, in brackets, sorry, Hollywood, okay. for his obsession with Ben Keys, prompting me to pick him up in a new keeper league and currently smashing for my team and giving me the keys to success, winky face. Love the work. Keep it up. Keys Thank to you, success. Luke. Keys ben, to success. That is maybe my favourite ever review. It's not bad. It's not bad. Very favourable of you. But anyway, Ben Keys has been awesome this year. Anyways, let's move on. Last listener questions before the majority of leagues have their grand finals this weekend. So let's see if we can help anyone out this weekend. Kays, uh, what's the first question and who's it from? Uh, first question from our good friend Ninja Spoon. One, who is your keeper that you nailed this season? That fringe player who was on or off your keeper, le- keeper list at the end of last season uh, that you kept and smashed it in this year. Hef, you've had a great off season. <laughs> I've, nailed, I've nailed none of my keepers this year. Now, look, <laughs> in the end, like... Nick Blakey probably wasn't the worst of my keepers that I kept. Like, I've got, like, I had some good players that I kept as well, but yeah. they're obvious ones. Um, Hef kept Jack Steele, which is, you know, pretty good for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I kept Jack Steele, so he probably was a good keeper. Um, Peter Adams kind of, is kind of working out now. Um, I didn't get to use him very much because, like, he was out for the middle of the season and only really came good during finals when my team was already out. Um, in the preseason, I got Isaac Smith basically for free. I think I traded a third rounder for him mm. um, and got Isaac Smith in return. So, um, yeah. He was technically a keeper because I traded him and then kept him going to that. But he became a top five forward, I think, or five or sixth forward for the yeah, year. Mark, yeah. So I thought that was an okay option. I've traded him out since, but um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good keeper. What about you? What was your best keeper? Uh, Harry Schalberg. No, well, yeah, <laughs> but I don't have him anymore, so I don't want to talk about him. But uh, Luke Jackson, probably. Like, he was the one, you know, do you hold on to a second year Ruckman again? And look, he hasn't re- he's kind of played the last few games for me because I've been a bit short, but. Um, very glad now that I've kind of kept the faith because I think he's going to be something special. And if he can hit that ruck forward, uh, DPP is um, going to be pretty handy for me going forward as well. So he'd be the guy that I'm most pleased I back myself in over. Uh, at Chris Johns 12 asks, uh, Vlosten worth playing over May? Question mark. Also, Laddams slash Tom Lynch, good options to bring in for grand final glory. What do you think? Um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, like Steve May, I own him in the podcasters league. has been a bit average the last, you know, few months. Yeah, Voston has had 120 and then an 80, I think it was. So I've got no issues with bringing in Voston. Yeah. Um, Tom Lynch versus North Melbourne. Yeah, I agree with you, Hef, in these notes. He's definitely one you want to start. Yeah. I can't speak too much about uh, Pete Laddams, who you got this week. The Bulldogs. Dogs. So mm. comes up against English in the backup kind of role, but I don't think they have too many 
good key tools at the moment as There's well. There's still a few injured guys back there. I so think Stefan Martin has a chance to come back this week, though. Okay, well, so that might sweet make it a bit. Like that. It depends yeah. on, the, on the lineup, but if you need to pick one of those two, I'd almost lock in Tom Lynch now because yeah, I think he could too. get off the chain in his last game for the Crows. North as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's almost potentially a retirement game. Semi-retirement game. Could be a retirement game. Who knows? But it's definitely the last game for the Crows, so he, he should go big. Mm. Um, all right. Another great year, guys. This is from Paul Milne. Another great year, guys. Keep it up. Oh, he does have a question under here. Um, who, do, who goes deeper in finals, Port or Essendon? And will there be a friendly wager <laughs> on the result between you boys? Ah. I'm always happy with friendly wager, but Hef doesn't bet, so it's like. Well, I just like, and he won't get a Harry Schoenberg tattoo for some uh, reason. Yeah, well, you keep just forcing that upon me. I just don't feel the need to like get involved in like the dick swinging contest of like, oh, I said this and I'm right about it. It's like I've got a growth mindset. I'm, I like that. I'm constantly learning. I love swinging. I'm dick. constantly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm constantly, you know, just you know, making mistakes, learning from them, that sort of stuff. I just don't need to bet on things and go. Ugh, I told you so. Yeah, but when I'm always <laughs> right, I like to bet because I'm always right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, your uh, horse uh, racing, uh, punting career, you're still uh, you're still working. That's anyway. That's what I'm thinking. I'm still working. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, the amount of time you put into it. Uh, to be honest, what if we get there? Are I we going to win the other. first week? If we play each other, it's going to be in Adelaide. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any way that we could play anywhere else. That'd be cool. Or if they play finally, if they don't but play But you'd have to lose, play. wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I don't I can't actually think of the makeup right now, but I think it depends on results. The whole, I'm actually really looking forward to this whole weekend, like, because there's so many variables yeah, yeah. with the, the ladder from one to eight. I kind of wish they played them like, all the same time. Yeah, like, I know, the I was Premier League, the Premier League. But it's bad for, like, this television. And it was about like, the, like today at lunch, it was like, even in the Sunday games, they were all at the same time. And then, like, Fox Footy just have, like, a four-way yeah. split screen. Yeah. And just someone in the corner is, like, updating all the shit that's going on. And, like, yeah, like they do for the FA Cup. Yeah. Like, yeah, someone so just scored a goal. Yeah, that'd be oh. so cool. I'd love to try that once. Yeah. This is the year to do it as well because, like, yeah, I know oh, they can't not have all the te- like yeah. television advertising of stuff. Of course, like that, but yeah. yeah. But in, in it'd be cool. Yeah, in a, in a league that doesn't rely on the dollar. To be, like, yeah. yeah, but to be honest, Paul, um, if Essendon win the flag, I'd be absolutely elated. But I'm oh. not expecting it. Whereas, it wouldn't be elated if whereas I think Hef will cry if Port don't win. This is their best chance ever. You reckon? I thought last year was probably a better chance. I think there's better opposition this you've year. You've got Arazio. You've got Alia Alia in there. Arazio's done nothing. Alia's good. But like those guys are going to be there next year too. You know? It's true, but this I think it's is- more so that Boak is nearing the end. Robbie. Robbie, but Robbie's not as crucial to our performances anymore. Mm. I think Boak is a lot more important to us. And that that's the kind of players that are not going to be around. But hopefully a few of the younger ones step up. Maybe Willem Drew. Who knows? Yeah. Um, at Quench My First, uh, draft grand final and I need some forwards as mine all died. Um, could you rank these forwards who may get a big final round score? All are free agency pickups in my league. So he's got Charlie Cameron. So they come against West Coast. I'll put these in for your case. Mm-hmm. Um, Murphy, I'm assuming it's Mark Murphy versus GWS. He's retired. Yep. So I'm not really sure. Does he play this weekend or is he? No, nah, he's yeah, gone. I thought. So delete that one. Um, Jeremy Cameron versus Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rioli versus Hawthorne. I'm assuming that's Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Wright versus Collingwood. And. Papley versus Gold Coast. I would put two meter Peter first. Really? Yep. Okay. Because I don't necessarily really rate Collingwood's tools. Yeah. Okay. He's playing really good footy. What did he score last week though? Mm, wasn't huge. Wasn't but. as big as what he did the yeah. week before when he kicked seven or whatever it was. Yeah. But I, I'm he's in good form. Uh, I'd probably put Dan Rioli in there next, just because you know playing down that 
Is he still down the back line of Richmond? He was last week, yeah. But yeah. there was now Baker to mm. test with. Tommy Papley has been pretty good. He had a down week last week and I started him, so I'm a bit dirty on Paps. But he'd go in third. Look, Jeremy Cameron could kick a heap. Um, but once again, I think that'll be dependent on whether Steve May plays or not for me. Like, because um, he's going to probably take Cameron. So, um, I'd wait until the final teams are out for that one. Mike Murphy's retired. Charlie Cameron. I just don't know. As we touched on before. I looked at it like, who would I... Most bank to get me a 70, mm-hmm. you know, 75 top score. And I thought Pat Pleat does that pretty consistently. Then I went Rioli. But, yeah, then, you know, who knows what the lineup and the role is going to be next week. Peter Wright after that. Um, Cameron, Jeremy Cameron after that, um, just because, what was the, I had some, I had a good reason for that. Oh, yeah, versus Melbourne. If it's on Stephen May, it might be a bit tougher for them to score. It might be a bit different than it was against West uh, St. Kilda, even though they did make it hard work. I just got him down there. And Charlie Cameron is my last one. I just don't trust him, even though he's gone back-to-back 90s. Still don't trust him. Um, Kays, what's the next question? Next question is from at Dan Schmidt 107. Will Jai Caldwell have forward status next year? Um, I don't know. I think it's a 50-50 because he hasn't really played any footy apart from two games from the start of the year. He hasn't played any VFL, no nothing, even though it looked like he was nearing return from injury at some stage, but because mm. the VFL has been out. Mm. Um, yeah, he might even oh, – I doubt he'll appear in the finals, but he probably needs some actual match fitness before they can play him. But, yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, I think he had 50% CBA attendances in his first game and then it was 30%, but he was injured for two-thirds of the game. Um but yeah, in the first game he was up forward for for a bit, but also had some CBAs as well. So I reckon it's a fifty fifty call at the moment. Might get lucky and they might just roll it over to next year. Um, but it's it's hard to tell at this stage. Uh, Matthew Crotty, last question I asks. Um, I have some of the all time frustrating keepers. Must have uh, a few of my keepers, I reckon. Because I got a few of them. Um, who would you keep out of Jack Graham, Angus Brayshaw, Fritz Smith, Jack Martin, Jack Higgins, Ben Aysworth, Lockie Weller? Uh, I'm a mid-table team. We are re- I'm rebuilding, and we keep 22, and I can probably keep four of them. So, if you had to pick four out of them, who would you keep? Uh, well, I'll definitely not keep Angus Brayshaw. Okay. I would not keep Fritz Smith. Yep. So that gets rid of two. Look, Jack Graham has the, an upside, I think. Um, Ben Ainsworth, I still think, has some upside. Lockie Weller is consistent, so I'd keep him. So then it's out of Jack Higgins or Jack Martin. Uh, I'd keep Jack Higgins over Jack Martin. If this is my team, mm-hmm. I'd keep all the ones who have forward status next year because I need forwards. And then I'm tossing up between Jack Graham and Lockie Weller. So I'd, yeah, it'd be, I'd keep Jack Martin, Jack Higgins, Ben Ainsworth, I reckon, just because I need forwards. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably keep... Jack Graham because I think Lockie, the Gold Coast midfield is going to hit a strap soon. I think Jack Graham is probably moving up in the Richmond midfield a bit more, I think. So, Lockie Weller's yeah. moving a bit sideways. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, don't don't keep Brayshaw or Smith, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you do. Anyways, that's a Zambrero wrap. So thank you for listening uh, for another episode, uh, the Round 22 episode. We'll be back with a Round 23 episode where we'll do a round rewind and just make sure you're on top of all the keeperly relevant players that went okay in the final round of the AFL season. So anyways, we'll be back with one more episode. Anything else from you, Case? No, good luck uh, for everyone in the grand final. And um, celebrate hard if you manage to lift the 
Fantasy Cup on I hope Sunday that's night. Not you. This is the only time I'm barracking for Tom, the the team, the, the Everyone league. Everyone Tom. Yeah, I know, but I just don't want you to come here next year waving that cup in my face like you did to me. I, I did to you a couple of years ago. Oh, I don't want to come. So I'm going to come in and drink Remedy <laughs> kombucha out of it every week. Uh, get around us on our socials: uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keep League Pod. Make sure you uh, drink Remedy and eat Sembrero. Shit, I mentioned. I meant to mention this at the top of the podcast. Yeah, I had the Cherto. Did you? Yes. And? It's amazing. Yeah. It's such a great uh, burrito. So what really made it was the uh, combination of the um, the garlic and the chili sauce. Is that what it, that's what the fire and ice yeah, is, yeah. is it? So right. that really made it. But then the, the crushed corn chips for the texture. Uh, yeah. It's a really, really solid burrito. The black rice kind of gives that. I find black rice a little bit sweet. It's kind of nice. Mm. So yeah, no, nah, it was awesome. I need to mention it at the top. I might mention it at the top next week. Uh, tell the people to um, order, order a churdo. So yeah. How good. Anyways, we'll talk to you next week. See See you guys.